Thank you. Thank you, Jack, for that excellent introduction. Um, we have an evening of really wonderful writers ahead of us. Um, I am your entree, and I apologize that it is a uh, virtual event, so I'm afraid you're going to have to make the canapes yourselves. Next time, I hope we'll be live and we can actually um, speak about things and uh, have a bar as well. So this is my piece. Please enjoy. My mum came from a fairly religious family. My dad didn't. He showed my mum how to cook a ham. There was a bone of contention even before my older brother and I came into the world. At my mum's funeral in the burial chapel, the officiating rabbi solemnly declared that she was descended from a revered rabbi who lived around 400 years ago. Suddenly, a number of people my brother and I didn't know from Adam wanted to shake our hands. Our hands, unsteadily keeping our unfamiliar kippahs, our head coverings, from falling off. They knew we weren't religious. They could be spotted a mile off from the way we walked, from the fumbling around for our kippahs. I felt humbled and a little bit embarrassed. Here are good people paying homage to an ancestor I was only dimly aware of. And I felt odd. I felt I'm not a part of this, and yet inevitably I am as well. And my parents had sent us to a Jewish primary school so I could read very well from right to left. I still can. still can't understand what I can read so very well. I still know the tunes from the synagogue service. I can still mumble along to them. It's reflexive in so many ways. And there are thousands like me, some very connected with all of that, some true enthusiasts, others far removed, yet still with an umbilical cord to the mothership, the, the Jewish mothership. The United Synagogue, which is one branch of the Jewish community tree, but claims to speak for all Jews in the equally united kingdom, launched an initiative to retain and reclaim young Jews to the faith, stop losing them to atheism or indifference and football. They called it tribe. Now, tribe is a contested and a debated term. When you call yourself tribe, you run the risk of perpetuating certain stereotypes and prejudices. It suggests a distinct social group, part of, and yet not part of, the wider community. There is one area of tension between Jewish and multiculturalism, itself a highly contested and debated term. For centuries, Jewish communities have been part of the warp and weft of everyday life in the hundreds of countries in which they've settled. Not only merchants and bankers, as certain insidious racists like to portray all Jews, the Jews, they control our lives. But they are bakers, they're nurses, they're cab drivers, they're social workers, carpenters, teachers, market put, you name it. They drink, they gamble, they swear, they tell good jokes. They tell cringeworthy jokes as well. It's funny how real people seem to be forgotten when some narcissist bigot wants to provoke hatred. Even famous people give an airtime to informers that anti-Semitism is on the rise again, which I do not dispute, tend to focus on other famous people who've encountered anti-Semitism 
So opportunity knocks and then it gets kicked into touch. So what about the M word, multiculturalism? Well, Zadie Smith, a wonderful writer from Wilsdon, my manor, stated, it's not some great project with a capital P. It's something we experience in our everyday lives. We do it without a primer. To a large extent, this is all true. After all, if you go around thinking, this is multiculturalism, this is what it's all about, then to quote Writer's Mosaic's very own John Sadiq, you're just adding a big dollop of ego. What is strange, though, is that those who want to divide and rule are the ones who spout on that the multiculturalism project has failed, as if the powers that be have created some kind of behavioural sink. They sat back and observed whether they had thrived or strived or tribed. For the writer, faced with those conflicts and contradictions, do they wring their hands? Do they go around asking, well, how did I get here? Or do they give up? Well, Writer's Mosaic quotes the author and stand-up Archie Maddox. All creativity comes from some sort of fight, fighting to express yourself, fighting to understand the world around you, fighting to be heard. For writers who are Jewish, which is as much freer description than Jewish writer, the fight is ever-present. How not to write about what you're expected to, how to be yourself and not subservient to the views of others. How do you write and not be identified and even vilified as being the wrong kind of Jew? Right now, a very popular writer who happens to be Jewish has been effectively barred from appearances at Jewish cultural events and venues. And why? All down to an absurd and also tragic set of circumstances not of their making. They are unsafe. As a writer, you can be guilty of crimes you never committed. And the irony, one of the many ironies, is that this makes for a tragic comic story. And now that Kafka's no longer around, somebody should write it. So being brought up with the fear of transgression becomes an open temptation to do exactly that, to transgress. Writers do it, for that's part of their existence. Writers who are Jewish possibly specialise in transgression because there are so many boundaries to break. There's the wrath of a jealous God. There's the rejection of your community, wherever that might be. There are political, religious, social, cultural rules, conditions, nuances to break. Look for a pillar of fire, and there you'll find a writer. Now, the other wonderful people in this broadcast tonight are all writers. They're bloody good writers. They're explainers, illuminators, mystifiers, tricksters to be trusted, pricking veins with the writer's needle. Me? Well, I'm not a writer, unless you include the stuff written on buses or trains and these days kept in folders marked miscellaneous. I can't call myself a writer. It's like visiting Paris and saying I've been to France. I edit. I edit a bit. The writer's nemesis. I'm the let's cut those 10,000 words, shall we, kind of guy, the let's lose the episode in the laundrette, it doesn't really advance the story sort of guy. It may be hard to write, but sometimes it's hard not to write, paralysed by so much great and good writing that's around you. And sometimes it's harder not to tell a story than to tell it.
which goes back to my dad, he of the ham. He escaped from Vienna a few weeks after he turned 18. That was July 1939. He was interned on the Isle of Man and then sent off on an overcrowded ship, survived being torpedoed by U-boats, as well as beatings, abuse and inhumane treatment by British soldiers. Two and a half thousand detainees on a ship built for half that number. They weren't even told they were headed for Australia. Did he tell his story? My dad didn't even tell us, his family. I only found it out when I discovered a notebook hidden in the back of a chest of drawers. And that was 36 years after he died. He kept his story to himself and blocked out the past. He chose not to. Some stories just resist. The writers who are Jewish are bound up with the past. The collective tragedies of early generations cast giant shadows over everything. So can you be a writer and not write about this? Or where can you transgress? One of the transgressors was a hero of my student days, was Michael Horowitz. He was a beat poet and a little bit batshit crazy. He was responsible or irresponsible for the Poetry Olympics, a series of events in the early 1980s which brought poets into places like the Roundhouse and even Westminster Abbey. I fell in love there with Linton Kwesi Johnson, with Fran Landersman, James Berry, Liz Lockhead, John Cooper Clark, so many more. I saw Michael Smith, one of the great dub poets, sadly murdered a year later for being a thorn in somebody's side. But here was something special, a great celebration of multiculturalism. So great it couldn't possibly last. Maybe it was a middle-class self-indulgent culture fest, another great big dollop of ego. But you can write about Jewish multiculturalism without being trapped by the past. Or being trapped by questions of identity, for that matter. In this, Jewish people aren't alone. In his Granter essay, which uh, became the new book, I'm Black So You Don't Have To Be, Colin Grant of this parish, Writer's Mosaic, asks, can the black author really write out of their colour? In writing about black characters, can they ever escape race? When I worked at the Kilburn Bookshop, the High Road hosted this huge graffiti, letters that read, remember 1690. I prefer to think of more recent times. The Battle of Cable Street, for example, when the Irish and the Jewish in the East End of London came together to stop the fascist black shirts. Look up on Writer's Mosaic, the wonderful essay by Rachel Lichtenstein. Look up Eva Hoffman, who wrote about Jewish and Polish multiculturalism that thrived between the wars. In both cases, though, we know what happened next. Now, many people in the UK, many Jewish people are more comfortable and they're more middle class than they were. Have they retreated? Have they become somehow afraid of the great experiment, the great project, in case it deprives them of something? Perhaps the fear of losing that hard-earned safety and stability. The fear maybe of having to pack and leave the story of the last hundred years for so many Jewish people. Some have, quite possibly, but the great majority in their daily lives are immersed with the communities in which they live and which they work. They are the cabbies, the doctors, the teachers, the artists, and the writers. And those include writers who not only embrace the distinctiveness of our many communities, but also the differences and the distinctions within their own. There are the Sephardi Jews, originally from Spain and Portugal, 
the Mizrahi Jews from all points in the Middle East, North Africa and Asia, their literature, their sensibilities, their cuisines, also very different from what most people think as Jewish. But the voices aren't heard often enough. They're seldom portrayed in books or on screen. Their creative fight, and for that matter, their flight, is central to being Jewish and absolutely front and center to Jewish multiculturalism. Writer's Mosaic gives good advice here. It says, find out your own voice, write to transform the labels, find out the story that people don't know, the one that opens a space for you to talk. And for me, in those words, I find myself a space, a space which allows me to be proud of an identity which doesn't need to be labelled by others, which resists all the trappings of definition to be itself. And not least, I find myself humble in the memory of my mother, who allowed my brother and me to find out for ourselves who we might want to be. To finish, there is a certain narcissist, shithead, can I say that? I just did. Who I shall not name. I mean, there are so many of them. But this is the one who threatened to go DEFCON 3 on the jewels. Now, it's odd. There's one of the major sponsors of this narcissist sells running wear. And all the way from Kane to Yossarian, Jews have always been running. The sponsor's lag tagline is one that we all know, we're all familiar with it. It's a tagline that celebrates multiculturalism. Just do it. Thank you. <laughs>